the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Wonderful a weekend as I did. It was a very, very family-oriented weekend, which was wonderful. Um, it's interesting that when you're, you know, on the other side of 50 and you have a little young five-year-old boy, um, how you push yourself. But it's a wonderful, wonderful push. We did basketball, baseball, soccer. A, um, we had a, we had the walkathon for school, um, and that was all on Saturday. Uh, and then on Sunday we did, um, what did we do? Nine o'clock was soccer on the roof. And then one o'clock was the, um, the first T-ball game. It was pretty amazing. Uh, let's see. We, we, then we had to go to the park and we had to play tag, um, where dad ran for about two hours after a five-year-old and, and then the five-year-old ran after me, but it was wonderful. And, um, I could think of no better way to spend time in New York city in the parks. It was cold. You know, and once it gets April, you know, I'm I'm willing to put up with the whole March thing, but like once it gets April, like let's let's go already, like enough. What happened to the whole? We were taught in third grade. Miss Whalen told us March comes in like a lion and out like a lamb. Yeah, there was a lot of lions this weekend, and I'm so upset about the Mon- the magnolia tree that my neighbor's got. A, it's a huge tree. It's tremendous. It's a very big tree. And two weeks ago, all the buds, it was pink, a dark pink, a light pink, and a white. And when it blooms, I have pictures every year, the five years we've been living there, of what it looks like when it blooms. It's outrageous. And I usually take pictures of it looking, you know, next to my home and how beautiful it is. And this year we hit we hit that one, like, 29-degree day or 26-degree day, and it killed all the blooms. And now it's just a bunch of brown pieces of flower there that are now dripping onto my front lawn and it's sad um so i reached out to uh my buddy frank carone on saturday when i or sunday i should say when i heard that the uh mayor has uh tested positive for the uh coronavirus for the covid whatever you want to call it the omicron the delta the ba something or another uh but he's you know he reported all as well although uh there are many folks in city hall who got hit with it as as well frank didn't thank god the mayor did do a press conference um, today explaining that he actually took a rapid test and he came back negative, but he still didn't feel well. So he called, I think, Health and Human Services, and they arranged to have, for him to have a PCR test with swift results. And, yes, you're allowed to do that when you're the mayor and you're going to be around hundreds and hundreds of people 
Uh, you're, you're allowed to get special treatment um, as the mayor. You don't want to hear, any, oh, well, that wouldn't happen to a regular citizen. Yeah, well, he's not a regular citizen. He's a, a mayor. When I went to the Yankee game, I had to wait an hour to get in. I'm sure the mayor didn't wait an hour to get into the Yankee game. He's a, 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 a special person, meaning his the, when you hold that office, it's a special thing. But, you know, we're getting back to this whole COVID thing. Look, I, I reported earlier. I've spoken to my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law work at two respective ho- respected hospitals, different ones, one in Brooklyn, one in Manhattan. And although people are coming in with uh, COVID symptoms, no one is being admitted. Or I shouldn't say no one, but very, very few people are being admitted. You, w- you have to have a serious um, predisposition to have an issue uh, where you really, really can't breathe. But for the most part, people are just being sent home. Um, and I've been screaming about consistency. So I'm reading in one hand that airplanes are going to let you take your masks off now. But the city of Philadelphia, starting next week, is going to make you put your masks back on when you're indoors. Um, You know, I just, there's just the the lack of consistency. I mean, it's hilarious. I go to the Yankee game on Friday. On the subway, I have to wear a mask. When I go into Yankee Stadium, sitting shoulder to shoulder with all these strangers, I don't have to wear a mask. Okay, when I'm outside, when I'm inside. But when I was on the subway, I wasn't near anyone except some, some woman who thought I was harassing her and following her. And then the police realized that that wasn't true. Um, But... The bigger effect that the last 24 months has had has to do with our socialization. It has to do with Manhattan. You know, I'm sitting in my office right now looking at the same window that I was looking at two years ago when I was in my office. Yes, by the middle of April, I was back in my office. There are people who all of this time later still end up back in their office. And we're going to talk about that right now. But, I, you know, I have this um, app on my phone. One's called Time Hop and one's called Memories. And it's a really cool app. When you open it up, it will show you any pictures that you uh, took on that day. I don't know. It goes back five or six years. And two years ago, uh, yesterday and today, uh, or maybe it was Friday and, and today, whatever. It was right around now. I have pictures from my desk looking from 45th Street south towards 42nd Street on 5th Avenue. And there is nothing there. There's one city bus in the photograph. There are no pedestrians. There are no cars. It is absolutely desolate in the middle of the afternoon on a work day. And back then that was appropriate because nobody knew exactly what was going on. The word COVID didn't exist. It was the coronavirus. It was the coronavirus. But now we're two years later. And before the pandemic started, 80% of the workforce would come to Manhattan every day. And what they're saying now is the last two weeks of March, only 37% of the workforce came to Manhattan. And that does not bode well for New York City, New York State, or the United States of America. Because whether you want to admit it or not, this is the financial hub of at least, the very least, this country. Uh, You know, I remember going to the Police Athletic League lunches. And, you know, anyone who knows John Katsimatidis, who was on this show, is on this station right before us, um, he runs these PAL lunches, and they're fantastic. Um, And when um, Ray Kelly was the existing police commissioner, John Katsimatidis had him as a guest. 
and um, at, at the PAL lunch. And, we were, and at that point, we were talking about terrorism. We, maybe it was like the 10-year anniversary of 9-11 or the 15-year anniversary of 9-11. Maybe it was 10. Uh, it was 10. And we were talking about terrorism. We were talking about, you know, targets of terrorism. And, you know, he just made a statement in his comments that New York City is the number one target for, for terrorism. And I raised my hand. I was able to ask a question to the commissioner who knows me only because he was a big boxing fan. And so he knows my grandfather, who has the same name, who was a boxing judge. And um, I said to him, I said, you know, I, I know you said New York City is the number one target. I said, but what about Washington, D.C.? What about the Capitol and the White House? And his answer was not even close. It's not even close. I said, why, why is it not close? That's the capital. He goes, that's the figurehead capital. But New York is the engine that drives this country. And look, we've heard that over and over again. And the problem we're having now is people aren't coming back to New York. And the the private sector leaders are the ones that are causing that. There's a, a consulting company called TWC. Nationally, they have 40,000 workers. They're telling them, you could work from any of our locations. Quinn Emanuel has 300 lawyers in New York. They're telling them you could work from anywhere. You could you could go to the moon and you could work remotely. You do not have to come into the office ever again. TIAA is a life insurance company. They have 1,100 New York City workers. No target date for them to come back. Penguin Random House. They've been in New York from the 1800s. 2,500 employees, no date to return, and they don't think they may ever will be one. Typically, a worker in Midtown Manhattan would spend $13,700 a year, whether it's at the shoemaker or the dry cleaner or, or a, a restaurant, a bar, a deli. That is going to be cut in half. That They're predicting that's going to be cut in half. We are so dependent on the real estate taxes to drive this whole state. We are dependent on the transit money to make sure that there's money to keep the trains clean and the buses running. If that money doesn't come in, who's going to be hurt? The people who are actually coming into work. Um, coffee shops are closing. Dry cleaners are closing. Other small businesses are just getting crushed. And so I just got the issue of Crane's New York Business Magazine. And on the cover, it says, Creating Welcoming Spaces to Welcome Back Workers. And... The uh, Grace Ann Jordan, uh, who is um, a hospitality person, says, well, this is the question. Can a welcoming space really be an enticement for employees who have the flexibility to work from home? And what her answer was, yes, have a beautiful space with locations for people to feel comfortable and create a community where people want want to come in and, and, and just be around those people and the next question is yes is without doing a huge overhaul, what else can people can employers do? And what her number one question is to, to have people come back, employees come back. Her number one answer is show up. Progress happens when the room is filled with decision makers and facilitators. Your present means more than just free snacks. A space should be an intentional and ref, an intentional and ref, reflective environment where decisions are being made. Well, I am leading by example. We're all here. We need you guys to come back. We're going to talk about Ukraine on the other side of this quick break. Oh, 
as the doors say, come on, come on, come on, touch me, baby. You know who you should touch? You should touch your phone. And you should call Connors and Sullivan. Because planning for the future is important. We know that. that that's elementary. But you have to make sure you and your family are protected. If you're not around to make decisions, who will make those decisions for you? Are your assets protected from probate and nursing home costs? The time to plan is now. You should have a will, a trust, a power of attorney, a health care proxy, a living will. You should have an overall estate plan. The goal of Connors and Sullivan attorneys is always to protect your rights and your interests. They've been helping people just like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 40 years. And you know what, folks? You could visit them for a no-obligation-free consultation. Just call Connors & Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500, or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732 Well, as we come back to the airways at AM nine seventy, the answer talking about being a mayor in Midtown Manhattan. You know there are. 1.3 million private sector workers, and we have less than 40% of them coming back to work. What's interesting, though, is that the um, tourism rates seem to be coming up. The Broadway show rates seem to be coming up. The um, people who are riding the subways uh, after hours, after nine to five hours and uh, on the weekends is coming up, which means people are willing to take the quote-unquote COVID risks to come into the city for recreation and for leisure and for tourism, but not to come to work to their jobs. And they would rather just stay home and work there. Is that the most productive work environment? Your pajamas and your sweatpants in your front hallway? I mean, in your front room or, or your basement or wherever you're working? I don't know. But I, um, we do have a mayor on the phone, not Mayor Adams, but we have Mayor Mario Kronjak, he is the first Republican mayor um, from the borough of Inglewood Cliffs in New Jersey, and he's made some bold moves. He unset, he he unseated, I guess it's unseated, uh, a 42-year dynasty of father-son uh, Democratic mayors. And um, Mario, who I know personally, has made news all over the place in, a, in the most positive sense of the word because he wants to welcome Ukrainian ref- refugees to Inglewood Cliffs. On the line with us is Mayor Mario. Hello, Mayor. Good evening, Arthur. Thank you for having me on your show. Well, How thank you, you for – I'm doing great. Thank you for jumping on. Um, Mr. Mayor, first of all, tell us about how you, you came into office in 2016 and just a little bit about the the uh, juggernaut that you – you know, you came to a screeching halt uh, after your election. 
Sure. Well, I pretty much did it on a dare because um, we seem to be missing the whole democracy uh, that we are all accustomed to in America in our town in Angola Cliffs. We had a father and son be mayors for 42 years, and uh, everything in the town revolved around them and their businesses and their finances. And uh, so I, I pretty much did it on a dare. And um, uh, my wife uh, thought I was crazy. She still does. And um, I got reelected, and uh, Nancy's been very supportive, and I thank her. Um, we've, we've cleaned up the place, and we've also had our first tax cuts in 42 years uh, as well. So uh, uh, we're, we're on a roll. We're doing well. And uh, I also self-imposed term limits. So I don't think anyone should stay more than two terms in any uh, political office. So when is your term up? Uh, at the end of next year. Okay, and now just to let folks know, this is not your uh, your full time job. Tell us what you do uh, to put bread on the table. Uh, it's not my full time job; it's actually a volunteer position. Uh, so I'm a corporate attorney. Uh, have a, a law firm downtown in Manhattan, and we do a lot of venture capital and, and startup work. And uh, also have a venture capital fund uh, focused on life sciences, tools, and technologies. So I'm just curious, very light, light stuff, very light stuff. Um, I'm just curious, um, what was your policy regarding your law firm in Manhattan in terms of returning to work or working remotely? Uh, so everyone, of course, is welcome to come back after the initial bend the curve days in uh, March of 2020. And, uh, you know, for the most part, people did come back uh, starting in June. And um, I, I pretty much never left except for those couple of weeks where they shut us out. Uh, and now everyone's been back, and we also have an office in New Jersey. So um, we're, we're, we're delighted to be all back and uh, practicing law, servicing our clients. And you're right, uh, people can go to shows and tours, events. Uh, they should be able to go to work as well. And um, it's just basically what America's built on is hard work and uh, the well, capitalist model with democracy. So tell us, speaking about democracy and what America is all about, Tell us uh, how you made news last week regarding uh, Ukrainian refugees. Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, And I'll start off by saying that a weak America is the devil's playground, and you see it unfolding, uh, especially in in Russia and in Ukraine and the invasion of the Ukraine and other parts of the world. And uh, while, you know, as a mayor, I I can't do anything against Vladimir Putin personally, uh, I can certainly help the people that he's punished uh, so maliciously and recklessly, and we're uh, we're, we're trying to help them uh, in New Jersey uh, in Englewood Cliffs. We welcome them. Uh, there's a uh, uh, there's some space availability, and uh, we're working with the group that controls that space to uh, to accommodate. I believe America has agreed to take 100,000 refugees, and uh, if any of them make it to uh, New Jersey, we'll be happy to welcome them. And I found. Uh, uh, some very good friends of mine who uh, who were born in Ukraine and become wealthy uh, Americans who are willing to uh, uh, to basically finance uh, parts of that endeavor. So we're we're delighted. Everybody's coming together. Uh, we want people to uh, find refuge in America and experience the American dream the way uh, I did and, and my family did. So just tell me, it's the logistics. You know, I know all these people are raising money and. You know, people's hearts are in the right place for everything from giving people housing to rescuing animals that have been uh, abandoned or because their owners have been sadly, tragically killed. Logistically, how does the word, who knows that, you know, you're welcoming these refugees into Inglewood Cliffs and there's people who are willing to pay for them and pay for their housing. How does that message get out there? 
So, so that's a great question. Uh, so there, the federal government actually, uh, once it agreed to take refugees, contracts with a handful of not-for-profit organizations that specialize in refugee uh, resettlement, and um, they, they break up their uh, responsibilities geographically throughout the United States. And uh, there's one uh, responsible for New Jersey, and it's the relationship that uh, the Sisters of St. Joseph of Peace in Englewood Cliffs have with that entity uh, that kind of brought the whole thing together uh, in terms of a, a, an initial plan. Uh, and then uh, the financing component, I went out and, and, and tried to secure that as well. So um, you're right, there's a lot of people out there saying they're raising money, and we just uh, want to make sure it gets to the people who actually need it most. I can't yeah, believe I mean, in our lifetime, Arthur, that we're dealing with uh, you know, another influx of refugees and also war crimes, right? We thought that was a thing of the past. Two million women and children have fled Ukraine. Two million. I mean, that's, <laughs> you can't even, it's hard to imagine, you know, I'm crazy, but, you know, I think of Yankee Stadium because it holds about 50,000. So if you do the math and you extrapolate it out, it's like you think of all of those Yankee Stadiums filled up with people and they have nowhere to go and they have nothing. Yeah, so last like they town, have, Arthur, it's double, actually. It's double. And they, okay, well, I'm, yeah, I'm last actually. Town, it's double. And I, I know you're at opening day. I hope you had a good time. But, um, yeah, so uh, it's actually doubled. Can you believe it? It's going up uh, every day. Well, I'm just I'm just talking about women. I'm just talking about women and children. I'm not okay, talking right. about everybody. Right. I'm focusing yeah. on the, the hypothetically yeah. most vulnerable. I don't know if it's politically yeah. correct. Are you allowed to now say that women and children are more vulnerable than men, um, Mr. Mayor? Or am I going to get in trouble for that? Well, no, you won't get in trouble because in the case of Ukraine, actually, it's only women and children who are allowed to leave, uh, fighting age okay. men, and uh, there's a long range. But those men are not allowed to leave Ukraine um, for, for obvious reasons. So. Is there a reason, um, Mario, why, you know, this is so near and dear to your heart, besides the obvious that, you know, the heartbreaking videos? Is, do you have a, a strong connection to that area of the world? So, so it is heartbreaking. My, my uh, connection uh, with, with refugees and, and, and immigration is from my own family, which left what was uh, Yugoslavia, is now Croatia. But when my, when my parents left, it was actually a communist country. And uh, uh, it's, it's slightly west of Ukraine on the Adriatic, but, uh, you know, it's the same situation. And um, it, it's become some biblical proportion in terms of the, the, the exodus of people uh, from Ukraine. And we're, we're here to help. We really need to do that, and, and it's an American value that while we're projecting weakness through our national government, we want to project strength and hope uh, locally, at least. Well, let me ask you this question before I let you go. Um, you are, for those people who don't really know you, you're, you're a very prominent New York City attorney. You're very involved in the New York City community as well. Um, you know, we're getting a lot of mixed messages between, you know, the the – from the height, the the hiking of the gas prices of the gasoline prices to congestion pricing that may be coming down the pipe at the end of the year to the legalization of marijuana that's going to be taking place to the lack of of workers coming back to New York City, you know what's um, Mayor Mario Cranjack's you know um, if you have your crystal ball, how do you see New York City handling what we've just gone through? Well, I think it's a pendulum that's going to swing back, right, because you, you can't legitimate and uh, legalize every vice out there without having negative repercussions throughout society. And you're starting to see that through, uh, you know, through the crime that we're seeing um, on subways in the streets, 
to the drug abuse, to the rehab centers. You, you can legalize cannabis. The, the social cost of, of legalized cannabis far outweighs any benefit that the government can obtain through uh, taxes or uh, any other kind of commerce relating to that. So you're seeing it uh, in other states that are a little bit ahead of us in Colorado and elsewhere. The, the cost of um, to society are so much uh, greater than the actual benefit. Uh, so I, I think all the, uh, the the politicians who follow this pop culture model are, are, are going to learn a lesson. They'll hopefully be elected out of office, and we'll have some reasonable people go back into uh, government and, and get elected. And I think Arthur, you're very electable based on uh, you know you. So, uh, <laughs> oh, back at you, Mayor Mario. I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much for. Uh jumping on the air with us, and uh, good luck with welcoming all the Ukrainian refugees back to England. Do one thing this year that changes you forever. Something extraordinary. A bucket list experience with years of memories packed into 10 invigorating days. Join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza in Israel this November. We'll visit over 40 iconic places right from scripture and history. Reserve your spot today when you visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. Holland Christian Home is a Christian home for seniors, a place that will treat your loved one with kindness and respect. Located in North Haledon, New Jersey, Holland Christian Home is filled with fun activities, delicious meals, medical care, and more. Founded more than 125 years ago, Holland Christian Home provides the physical, social, and financial needs to care for seniors. Go to hchnj.org or call Charlotte at 973-807-3245. Call Holland Christian Home to discuss how they can care for your aging loved one with residential living, a permanent life care program, and respite care, you'll have peace of mind that your mom or dad, aunt or uncle, friends and loved ones are in a warm and loving community. Daily chapel services are included. HCHNJ.com or call 973-807-3245. Holland Christian Home will care for your aging loved one with kindness and respect. HCHNJ.org or 973-807-3245. Holland Christian Home. Ask for Charlotte. You're the one everyone looks to for answers. Come rain or shine, the job must get done. And you're the one who makes it happen. We get you, Jackie and Fresno, putting your employee safety first. And Manny in Chattanooga, whose local Granger team knows him by name. We're here for you and all the ones who get it done. With 24-7 customer support and access to product specialists to help you find what you need. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. News. Opinion. Passion. This is AM 970. The Answer. 57 degrees. We have generally clear skies on this Monday evening. What's going on? We have the answer. Well, Mayor Eric Adams is reacting to President Biden's effort to curb ghost guns. In a release statement, the mayor said the Biden administration is taking important steps to sever the iron pipeline that delivers deadly weapons to New York City. 
He said ghost guns are just as deadly as any other firearm and shouldn't be treated as a novelty. In addition, he said we need an aggressive bureau of alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives and the entire federal government to be focused on addressing this real crisis. JetBlue is cutting its summer schedule to avoid more flight disruptions while it ramps up the hiring process. Sarah Lee Kessler has more. The New York-based airline has been hit by staff shortages, including a lack of pilots, which helped trigger hundreds of flight cancellations over the weekend. In an email to staff, JetBlue's president, Joanna Garrity, said capacity has already been reduced by 8 to 10 percent for May and to expect a similar scenario for the rest of the summer. JetBlue has been on a massive hiring spree ahead of peak travel season, but says it's still having trouble keeping up with anticipated demand. Sarah Lee Kessler NBC News Radio, New York. Thank you, Sarah Lee. Taking a look at the traffic. 15 to 20 minutes outbound at the Holland Tunnel. 10 to 15 on the citybound side from 1 and 9, but really no delay from the turnpike approach. 15 to 20 minutes outbound at the Lincoln Tunnel. Inbound, we're doing okay. Inbound GW Bridge, upper level about 5 to 10, lower level about 10 to 15. Both levels will be slow right across the span into Manhattan. In New Jersey, Parkway northbound, some volume in the 145 for 280. 280, some volume both ways near the Stickle Drawbridge. Turnpike Eastern Spur heavy southbound from 16E down to 15W. The Western Spur is actually pretty good heading down into Newark. Mostly cloudy tonight, chance of a shower or two overnight, low 50. Morning clouds giving way to sunshine tomorrow afternoon, high 73, and partly sunny Wednesday with a high of 63. And now you know what's going on. I am Mike Barker on AM 970, The Answer. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So our last guest, uh, Mayor Mario, you know, he talked about um, Kranjak. Um, he's Italian, but he's from all the way northern Italy where they're like, you know, you heard by Yugoslavia. Um, the... Um, the marijuana situation. So legal weed in New York, in New Jersey is going to like start now, like in a couple of days, um, seven dispensaries where any adult, you don't need like a, a card or anything like that, like a medical marijuana card. You know, could just go in and uh, buy pot. Let me tell you something. I was um, so Friday, no Wednesday, Wednesday. I did the show from here from my office and uh, then, and Luca was with me, and we were going to go get some food, and we walked into Times Square. There were so many guys selling weed. They were selling, this is a new one now, like just rolled joints right there on the corner. And I'm wearing a suit and a hat. I'm wearing a fedora, so they think maybe I'm a cop, so they kind of slow down a little bit. But I am telling you, this isn't my guess. This is based on speaking to people who I know well and um, who I trust, who are in other states, who are way ahead of us in terms of the whole cannabis industry. And he said to me, I mean, this is how he supports his family, running a store. Unless there is serious enforcement of people who are selling marijuana outside of the dispensaries, it's never going to work because the, the marijuana is taxed so high that the stores are going to have higher prices than a guy on the street who gets gets it what falls off the back of a truck. So there's not going to be the volume of people going into the store that there needs to be if you can't get it anywhere else. Now, you know, what Mario just said was, um, you know, what's the, so, the societal uh, 
cost of all of this. And I'm not even talking, he said, you know, to get some money for the government. My point is, we're not even going to get the money for the government, from the government. So we may just be in a lose-lose situation, kind of like OTB. You guys remember that? Off-track betting? It would be loaded with people. Now, if you went in there, the caliber of people on like a Tuesday afternoon, or maybe Tuesday's the dark day, I don't know, I don't know what you're on horse racing, Wednesday afternoon, on the OTB down in Canal Street, it was not exactly the creme de la creme who was in there. And so we're wrecking people's lives because they're throwing money on horses that they don't have. And we didn't even know how to run OTB in a, in a profitable way. So we're losing because we're hurting people by feeding their gambling addiction. And we're losing by losing money. And I could really see that in a crystal ball happening with the cannabis industry. If so many people are outside smell, selling loose joints um, that are half the price of going into a store, which is regulated, which is going to be taxed on, and it's going to be you know a, a lot more expensive, they're never going to get the volume that they need to be successful. And, you know, the state is looking at this whole cannabis thing to kind of redistribute wealth or redistribute good fortune by using tax dollars to put people in business, to put people who otherwise don't have capital available to them to rent a space, have the credit to uh, have a landlord look you up and say, okay, yes, I trust you, to then not only rent the space, now put two or three months security down on there and hire employees and, and then have the capital to buy the actual product before you sell any of it. The state is willing to do all of that. And they're willing to do it for people who, I guess, haven't gotten the breaks in life, according to them. But all they're going to do is set them up for disaster if we don't have enforcement on the street. Now, when you're talking about people getting stabbed, people getting beat up on the subway, people getting beat up at McDonald's having breakfast, you may be saying, like, Arthur, you know, there's only a finite amount of police officers. There's only a finite amount of law enforcement officers. Is what you really want is for them to... um, be going after a guy selling loose joints on the corner as opposed to someone, you know, mugging someone in the subway? Of course not. But I'm just telling you, this isn't my opinion. This is fact. Unless the only place to buy cannabis, to buy marijuana, to buy weed, pot, whatever you want to call it, is in a store, then it's never going to work. I mean, I have represented people over the years who sell untaxed cigarettes And let me tell you something, the government comes down very hard on them. You know why? Because those taxes are very, very valuable to our state. Correct. It would be like, you know, selling gasoline. You know how much gas, how much cheaper gasoline would be without the taxes included? If you look at so many things and you look at what the taxes are on them, it's, it's through the roof. Go on StubHub or any of these like ticket places, they're, they're, their fees and their, their taxes it, but there's no other place to go. But right now, I mean, there's no black market for gasoline that's ready, readily available. Maybe guys who have yachts and, you know, they need to buy thousands and thousands of gallons of gasoline. There's places where they could go that it's tax-free or, you know, it's being stolen and not taxed. But the sad part is going to be if we screw up a whole bunch of people who can't handle marijuana. Look, it's one thing. 
if on the weekend, you know, you're the type of person who instead of wanting to have two glasses of wine or a martini, I mean, let's face it, you know, uh, when I get into this with my father, he's like, no, well, alcohol is different because there's a flavor and there's a taste. You're drinking freezing cold vodka with nothing in it. It's just ice cold vodka. I don't want to hear that you're drinking it because you're savoring the taste, the sip and savor and swallow of just ice cold vodka. I mean, if you're telling me you're adding uh, Campari to it and you're adding, you know, something that's going to create a drink, that's one thing. But let's not lie to ourselves. There are people who just need to take the edge off and they just want to, you know, have a drink. And listen, I haven't had one since whenever Ash Wednesday was. I haven't even had a sip except a Purim because I promised Meyer that I would do so. Um, he's my, uh, my Hasidic brother. And yes, I brought my friend Matt Sambolino with me, who, thank God, was wearing the, the Star of David right I around had the, I had the hall pass. That's right. That's why you were able to come in with me. Um, so I'm not coming down with people who want to have a drink and, and uh, at all, not even a little bit. But again, to abuse it is something else. I don't know the studies, but they have all these edibles now, right? So now you're not inhaling stuff into your lungs. You're just eating a gummy bear or whatever they look like, a Swedish fish. And it kind of, whatever, it opens up your arteries, it opens up your capillaries, and you you have a relaxed feeling. You're doing that once a week, twice a week. That's one thing. But when I hear from my friend whose daughter is in high school that all the kids in the morning before they go to school are eating these gummies, so they're all sitting there absolutely stoned, That's not good. I mean, that's just not good. Um, And then and if our excuse is, well, you know, everyone's doing it anyway, so we might as well legalize it and make money on it. Then why don't you do that with prostitution? You know why? Because you're ruining women's lives by by uh, saying, oh, this is a good thing. But for, you know, I mean, obviously I have a daughter now and the nieces and all this stuff, but it's not all about money. And, you know, I, I want to morph it. So, number one, and I'm going to try to get Senator Diane Savino on the show because she was the senator who um, wrote the bill, and she could educate us a lot more. And I'll get Steve Kessler, who owns the dispensary out uh, in, in the state of Washington. But speaking of my Jewish brother, Meyer, you know, as much as I loved this weekend with my son and all the activities he had, it's sad that holidays like Palm Sunday, Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day, they've kind of gone by the wayside when it comes to these kids' activities. In other words, yesterday, in my whole life, I mean, I can remember my grandparents coming to my house with the grana pies, and I don't know, there was something you ate on, on, on Palm Sunday, or the mince pie and all that, and Easter with the pizza rustica. So, you know, yesterday was, was Palm Sunday, and I wanted to deal with the whole Palm Sunday thing and, you know, celebrate it. But I also wanted to be with Arthur. You know, it's his first baseball game. Um, I wasn't going to miss that. I'll make him miss it. It's at 1 o'clock. 1.30? 1.30. What time is Mass? 12 o'clock. And it's the long Mass because you do the whole Passion. So, you know, Mar- Marion and I had to divide and conquer. I went to church, and little Arthur, who goes to Catholic school, is like, Daddy, bring me back palms. You know, I really wanted this to all go together. I also didn't want Arthur to miss his first uh, baseball game in his life. You know, it's when I look at the Hasidic community, the Orthodox Jewish community, these guys, you know, obviously everyone's got their flaws. All community has have their flaws. But they could be in the middle of trillion-dollar financial deals, billion-dollar financial deals. And when that sun goes down on Friday until it goes down on Saturday, everything is shut down. And it's just about your family. 
It's just about the the friends wherever you could walk. So you can't nothing could be carried in your pockets. You can't use any transportation. It's just about your immediate community. And, you know, we've lost that and we've forgotten about that. Palm Sunday Mass yesterday at St. Anselm's in, in Brooklyn, New York. As a kid, that place was packed at 12 o'clock on a Sunday on Palm Sunday. It was far from packed. If it was 50% full, I'd be very happy. And it, this isn't about religion. This is about family, discipline, uh, community, sense of of. of being together and learning. You know, you go into the Hasidic community on a, on a Saturday. You know what all the kids are doing? You ready? I hope you're sitting down. Something crazy. They're reading. They're just all sitting there reading books. Take your kids' devices away from them and tell them for a whole day, the only way you can entertain yourself is riding a bike, playing with a ball, playing with a ball, or reading. They'll go crazy. I know I sound like an old man, but I miss the good old days. They'll be coming back in the Idala household. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Don't forget to tune in this Sunday night for the fastest-growing political talk show in New Jersey, Real Talk with Ronnie. Join Dr. Ronald Joseph Lynn every Sunday night at 8 as he talks to the biggest names in politics, news, culture, and society. Listen to the day's biggest newsmakers, headliners, trendsetters, and trend breakers. There's a new show in town. It's Real Talk with Ronnie, Sunday nights at 8. Real Talk, real news in real time on AM 970, The Answer. If you owe the IRS back taxes, then get ready to pay up. The IRS has giant private collection agencies actively tracking down folks who owe the IRS. So if you think dodging them was stressful in the past, it's going to get a whole lot tougher. Optima Tax Relief has this advice. Don't wait. Solve your tax problems now before it's too late. Optima Tax Relief works to stop the demand letters, stop the aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS collectors from targeting you. Ask Optima about the Fresh Start Initiative, one of the biggest breaks the IRS IRS has ever offered. If you qualify, you could save thousands, and nobody knows this program better than they do. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau, and they get results, having resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get a fresh start. Call today for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. Do one thing this year that changes you forever. Something extraordinary. A bucket list experience with years of memories packed into 10 invigorating days. Join Dr. Sebastian Gorka and Dinesh D'Souza in Israel this November. We'll visit over 40 iconic places right from scripture and history. Reserve your spot today when you visit StandWithIsraelTour.com. StandWithIsraelTour.com or call 855-565-5519. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. 
Welcome and bienvenue, welcome. Fremde, étranger, stranger. Glücklich zu sehen, je suis enchanté. Happy to see you, bleibe reste stay. Welcome and bienvenue, welcome. Im cabaret, au cabaret, du cabaret. Joel Gray, 90 years old today. Oh, I really, really hope I reach that milestone. Joel Gray, the Broadway show Cabaret. It's amongst the greats on Broadway. I know I am sitting here and I'm doing this Facebook Live thing, and so people are watching me. So during the breaks, I have to keep people uh, occupied. So I open up my nifty little life's little instruction book. Five hundred eleven suggestions, observations, and reminders on how to live a happy and rewarding life. And I open it up, and the one eighty eight: become the most positive and enthusiastic person you know. And you know, I really. I try to do that, and, and somebody actually asked me today, you know, why do you think that is? Why are you so positive and seem to be quite enthusiastic? And I said, I think it's twofold. Number one, it's DNA. Um, you know, both of my grandfathers were, were go-getters in their respective fields, one in the in the law, which is my mom's dad, who, you know, back then lawyers were not, did not, their names did not end in a vowel. Uh, so he was clearly an enthusiastic and a motivated man, Frank Piazza, and my other grandfather, Artie Idala, who, you know, finished uh, his entire formal education in eighth grade and became a writer for a newspaper as well as the Daily Mirror, as well as a uh, boxing judge. Uh, and obviously my parents. So that's all in the DNA. And they're, they're all very positive and they are very enthusiastic, uh, especially for uh, folks in their octogenarians, my parents. But it also has to do with a life lesson that I learned on September 11th. You know, Joe Hassan was a, a, my friend since we were 11 years old. He was a little bit of a bully at first. And then um, he thought I was hitting on his girlfriend, Susan Malkin. So he grabbed me on the headlock in the locker room in seventh grade. He was a lot stronger than I was always from the beginning till the day he died. Um, although I tackled him once. I, I, I wrestled him to the ground front of Glenn and Manorino, and it was like a big day. It was like a day in history. Of course, I said, Joe, I'm going to let you up. Just leave me alone, and I said, we'll be cool. And I let him up, and of course, he came over and beat my butt in again. Not really. I ran away. Me but anyway, um, um, I lost Joe. We all lost Joe on September 11th, and I've been wearing a bracelet with his name on it for 20 years, and it just keeps keeps things in the front of your mind. that You know, life is prom- uh, tomorrow's promise to no one. And um, we're here for a short amount of time. And whatever your faith is, if there's somewhere else where you go after this, um, you know, yes, I have faith, but I'm not positive. So I'm trying to get the most I can out of this this little journey we have. Um, So Noah's giving me a hard time. He's like, you sound like some guy who's like all anti-weed, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm not. And let me tell you something. If you if you gave me a choice uh, to which one to eliminate from society, it would be a tough choice between alcohol and uh, cannabis only because as a criminal defense attorney now and as a prosecutor altogether, it'll be 30 years. But if you start when I was even an intern is more than 30 years. I've never encountered someone who said, oh, I smoked some weed. And I punched the guy in the face or I smoked some weed and I stole a car or I smoked some weed and I did something really stupid. It's in my experience, it's always been alcohol. I was drunk 
and the guy said my girlfriend had a nice butt, and I punched him in the face. I've never been in a fight in my life. I wouldn't have done it if I wasn't drunk. I was drunk, and we saw this car was running, and we said, hey, wouldn't it be cool to just jump in the car and take off? Um, and, and these are cases that I've actually had. So, you know, if if people choose, uh, and God willing, there'll be a lot of supervision of uh, of loved ones over their loved ones. Over uh, There's a difference between use and abuse. I will not lie. I am very much looking forward to Easter Sunday. I'm not one of these guys who thinks Lent ends, even though it does on Holy Thursday. I ride it all the way out to Easter Sunday. And usually I have like a damp Lent, so I'm cheating along the way. This time I didn't cheat at all. Um, and so I'm going to wait. Yep, I didn't cheat at all, with the exception of Meyer on Purim. Um, and that just really wet my lips. Uh, I, uh, I actually had two non-alcoholic beers a couple of times. I don't think that counts. I mean, I'm looking forward to having a glass of red wine. I'll probably, uh, you know, I'll be with my in-laws. I'll be with my parents in the morning and then my in-laws in the afternoon. And they, they're big California drink wine drinkers, even though my father was born in Sicily and was there until he was a young teenager. Um, I'll probably bring, an, if I still have a bottle of 1997 Brunello de Montalcino that I bought years ago, that will probably that would be my choice as uh, my first beverage in a while. Uh, but, you know, that's using it, not abusing it. I think in today's day and age, it's fair to say that if someone, instead of doing that, they chose to open up one of these little bags and put one of these gummy bears in their mouth or a half of one or whatever, I don't think there's that much of a difference. Except, yes, with the Brunello, I'm excited about the taste and the savoring, et cetera, et cetera. But to say that after not drinking for 40 days, it's not going to, if I have two glasses, even with a meal, it's not going to have some effect on the chemicals in my body would be naive. So, um, uh, you know, there's an expression, three guys get drunk and they start a fight. Three guys get high and they start a band. Uh, so, <laughs> thanks, Noah. So, uh, and, and, you know, that's not how Rapid Pulse started. And, you know, I'm going to have a big treat for you guys soon because I was in a band for many years uh, and it was called Rapid Pulse. It was all of our original music. And I found a couple of, well, I didn't find, Chris Boyle, the leader of the band, uh, had some great uh, recordings and I gave them to Matt Borzi at 970 and he cleaned them up a little bit. And when the time is right, I'll hand them off to Sam Bellino and he'll... But I want to make sure we got some time because, you know, you got to play the whole songs. There's actually only two we cleaned up. and But one of them is called Radio Man. And it's about a DJ on the radio, which is a little, you know, telling here, uh, considering that, uh, you know, 50, 40 years. Yeah. I played at CBG when I was 15. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be about 40 years. Uh, that's amazing. Whoa. How did that happen? Um, I think around this December, uh, and we're going to, we're going to play a gig again. I think we're going to go to the bitter end and uh, we're going to, we're going to have a blast. Um, speaking of having a blast, Mayor Adams, who, you know, I'm his cheerleader, even though he's kind of getting his butt kicked in a lot of different places, but I'm all about giving him a chance. He announced, I don't know, today or over the weekend that Juneteenth, which is our federal holiday is also now a city holiday. So basically, uh, it's June 19th. And it's going to be a day off basically for everyone to the, the likes of which Memorial Day is and Labor Day is and um, uh, July 4th. is. So basically it's a fourth summer holiday. And I am so about that because I grew up in a household where we really celebrated Father's Day. I mean, Mother's Day was always when we went out. Where there was a beautiful French restaurant in Bay Ridge we used to go to a lot, Saint Michel. Because, um, you know, you don't want mom cooking on Mother's Day. 
Uh, so we would go out somewhere. I, one year I took Marianne away. We went to a, a place up in Watch Hill, Rhode Island, which was beautiful. But Father's Day is always a barbecue. And we do something crazy. We barbecue um, lamb's heads called gabuzel. I would love if anyone know, knows what gabuzel are. Send me a, an email at arthur at abklawnyc.com. Arthur at abklawnyc.com. Gabuzel. If you know what that is, send me an email because I'll and I'll send you a free hat or a free glass. Um, because not too many people know what Gabuzel is, but we have that. Uh, we so we have a big Father's Day weekend. The problem is, is that Father's Day is you know is on a Sunday and we party hard. Um, there's no cannabis so far at the Father's Day celebrations that I know of. Although I don't know what what Padre Lou is uh, putting in his Gabuzel. But now, either like the Thursday or Friday before Father's Day weekend, or the Monday or the Tuesday after Father's Day weekend is going to be a, a, a holiday. So. You could, you know, if it's a Tuesday and you take off Monday, it's going to be an awesome four-day weekend, you know, in middle of June, which is going to be obviously warmer than uh, Memorial Day. So you're going to have Memorial Day weekend, you're going to have two weeks, then you're going to have Juneteenth weekend, then you're going to have two weeks, then you're going to have July 4th weekend. And then you're going to have, you know, the whole summer, right? July, August, we'll go to Cave Hill. Maybe we're going to go to Paris to see the Rolling Stones. Uh, I'm going to see if Broadball wants to come with me to do that because I don't think Marianne is going to leave two kids at home to go to Paris to see the Rolling Stones. Maybe then we'll jump on a little train and then go to uh, Lake Como and then maybe jump on a plane and go down to uh, Sicily and then come back home and, and have the whole rest of the summer to play around. And then you have Labor Day. Um, so I'm very happy. I mean, obviously it's a celebration of the emancipation and I definitely am surprised that that has not been uh, a holiday much earlier than this. In my opinion, uh, taking nothing away from uh, Martin Luther King Jr. That probably should have been a holiday before MLK day. I mean, the day that, that this country got their act together and said, you know, we're going to be done with this whole slavery thing. Uh, yeah, I think that's a day that that should be pretty uh, celebrated. Um, so I'm really excited about that. I am going to Washington, D.C. this week to work on a case tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. But don't worry. I called the hotel. They have live Wi-Fi in there. Um, not Wi-Fi. I got a hard line. Matt Sambles, is need a hard line, and they're giving me all the equipment. So I'm going to be broadcasting live uh, from Washington, D.C. I'm going to see some friends down there. Maybe I'll throw one of them on the air with me, but I'm really excited. I hope you guys had a great Monday. I hope you, uh, you're you still savoring a great weekend, and uh, I will be back tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday. Friday, we're going to th- observe uh, Good Friday, so we'll have a little uh, best of show. Have a great night, folks. See you tomorrow. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.